This podcast is Challenging Opinions and is presented by William Campbell. Thank you for downloading the Challenging Opinions podcast for August 27th, 2018. Israel was established in 1948 and immediately faced hostility from its Arab neighbours. After enacting a law to proclaim itself a Jewish nation recently, I talked to a human rights worker who says that the existential threat to Israel is not outside aggression, but internal extremism and corruption. Challenging Opinions is the podcast where ideas are tested. Whether you are left or right, conservative or progressive, devout or skeptic, What matters is the strength of your argument, not the strength of your voice. Coming up on today's podcast. Uh, A law professor from Nigeria Mm -hmm. was arguing with me that uh, the government in Nigeria is more corrupt than the government in Israel. I said, we're not playing in the same league. (laughs) Uh, Israel is uh, playing or wants to play in the league of OECD, the developed nations. On the line now, I have Dr. Joseph Zernick. He's a writer, a researcher, and a human rights activist based in Israel, he, although he previously lived in the United States. Submissions which he wrote on behalf of the organization Human Rights Alert NGO were incorporated into the UN Human Rights Council periodic reports, and he's now in Tel Aviv on a rather noisy background, so I hope he can talk to me. Um, Joseph, there was a change to the basic law in Israel recently regarding Israel's status. Can you tell me what that was exactly? Yeah, uh, recently, uh, basic law, uh, nation state passed in the Knesset, the parliament, by a majority of uh, 64 against 50 something. Mm-hmm. And uh, that uh, basic law established uh, uh, primacy of uh, Jews over non Jews in Israel in what is perceived by some but not others as a constitution of the state of Israel. Mm-hmm. And uh, that uh, created a great uproar in Israel and uh, abroad, also in the Jewish communities in the UK and the US, large Jewish communities. And uh, the question is, uh, what is really the significance of this particular Knesset is uh, where I can give you a little bit more background uh, when we go on. Perhaps first, Joseph, you could tell me, is this a symbolic change or does it have effect on the ground? Israel was established by the UN in 1948 as the Jewish homeland. Is this really just reasserting that or is it likely to have some actual effects in people's day-to-day lives? The the UN established uh, Israel in 1948 as a Jewish homeland, but under strict uh, stipulations, that both the Jewish and the Arab uh, state and the third uh, body, which uh, uh, is called Corpus Separatum Jerusalem, which was going to be established, mm-hmm. all three of them have to provide equal rights to all people within their uh, area. That never happened. Uh, first of all, Palestine was never established. The Corpus Separatum was never established. And in Israel, uh, in fact, uh, there was never 
a, a situation of equal rights for Arabs or non-Jews. However, and, and I should add, already the basic law, human dignity and liberty, omitted on purpose any mention of equality. And the Israeli Supreme Court has ruled again and again in specific petitions by Arabs on specific issues like land allocations, etc., mm-hmm. that there is no equality by law in Israel. However, it was all kind of uh, done quietly and not uh, published uh, and not publicized widely. Okay, one, one question on that, Joseph. One question on that then, Joseph. Israel, as we know, was established as a Jewish homeland. It was supposed to have equality for all people. There are a long list of reasons why Israeli Palestinians, Israeli Arabs could complain about their treatment within Israel. But wouldn't it be fair to say that for many uh, Israeli Arabs, the human rights, their, the way that their human rights are respected is far superior to how their human rights might be respected if they lived in almost any other Arab state. My answer to that is always, uh, the question is, uh, which league you play in? Uh, I went once uh, to a conference, a national conference, and a representative, uh, a law professor from Nigeria, mm-hmm. was arguing with me that uh, the government in Nigeria is more corrupt than the government in Israel. I said, we're not playing in the same league. <laughs> uh, Israel is uh, playing or wants to play in the league of OECD, the developed nations. Uh, other uh, nations in the Middle East are not in that uh, league. And uh, since Israel claims to be playing in that league, Arab citizens of Israel have the right to demand, uh, and non-Arabs as well, uh, the right to demand equal rights. But the, the situation goes beyond Jews and Arabs. I'll give you an example from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, there was a routine, nondescript, uh, uh, no big news, like a little notice in a newspaper Mm-hmm. The government decided to build 5,000 new uh, housing units for Orthodox Jews. I don't know the situation in Ireland exactly, but could you imagine the uh, government of Ireland announcing a building of 5,000 uh, housing units for pious Catholics, or a U.S. government announcing a housing project for Protestants or for Evangelicals? or the French government announcing a housing project for Protestants or Catholics. Uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't uh, understand if you realize the, the meaning of it. That means that also somebody who comes to buy from the government a housing unit will have to prove in some way that he's a pious Orthodox Jewish person. Uh, this is something that is unthinkable in most... Uh, enlightened uh, nations around the world today, that the government will engage in such tests of people. But in Israel, it's an everyday issue. Uh, I'll give you another example that is not just between Jews and Arabs. There is huge discrimination in budgeting of education in Israel Mm -hmm. between Orthodox Jews, secular Jews, and Arabs in that uh, order. You know, a difference of tens of percents uh, of uh, 
budgeting per student. I don't think something like that could exist uh, without immediate outcry and uh, going to courts in other nations that there will be such a gross differential in budgeting for education between different ethnic and religious groups or even depending on the level of observance of the religious uh, um, uh, affiliation. Can you imagine in Ireland that there will be a, a difference in, in uh, public education budgeting for pious Catholics versus non-pious Catholics? I understand what you're saying. Um, Joseph, you're uh, Israeli, obviously. I understand you're uh, Jewish, although I don't really know how religious you are. Israel is largely a democracy. There are some flaws, but it's it's certainly one of the most democratic countries in the Middle East. Why is it that Israelis don't simply just vote down these policies. First of all, these policies are uh, so well established uh, that, and uh, for many years. And second, and that is uh, probably the more fundamental issue, is education, public education for citizenship, uh, or, or civic uh, participation and civic awareness. Mm-hmm. In a sense that, if you look, for example, uh, in the U.S. Uh, Declaration of Independence, or uh, we start with with the people and the natural rights of the people as a uh, free and equal. If you look at uh, the French Declaration uh, of Human Rights and Citizen Rights during the French Revolution, it starts from the same assumption or premises of free and equal people. It goes back all the way to Plato, the Republic the notion. In Israel, that whole body of ideas, which goes back at least a few hundred years in the Western world, and maybe even thousands of years uh, if we go down to Greece, it's not existing in the public realm. In Israel, the, the Declaration of Independence starts from the notion that various nations have the right of sovereignty, and the Jewish nation has the right for sovereignty in the land of Israel, and the state of Israel will grant its citizens equal rights. In, in other nations, it's the opposite. It's bottom up. In Israel, it's all top to bottom. The state will grant you whatever the state would grant you. And there's no education to the other uh, idea, uh, the idea of free and equal people that come together to form government and if the government does not serve them, they have the right to um, uh, abolish it or amend it. That whole notion does not exist in the public realm in Israel. Well, one so, thing on that, on that, Joseph, you said there, and you're correct, that Israel aspires to play in the OECD league and there it are... It does. It is a member of OECD now. Yes, yes, yes. And for about 10 years, I believe. And there are laws, as you've described, that would be completely unacceptable in, for example, Western European countries or in the United States. And those laws are enforced in Israel. But there is one other difference in Israel. Israel is surrounded by and vastly outnumbered by very hostile countries. Isn't it true that Israel has to take extraordinary steps to defend itself? Uh, That argument can go only so far. First of all, Israel is a nuclear power. 
I mean, Israeli government likes to pretend that it's a, an ambiguous issue, but I don't think that anybody beyond the Israeli government believes that uh, it's an ambiguous issue. The various uh, publications that cite exactly how many bombs and what the magnitude bombs Israel holds and where they are located. Mm-hmm. So uh, Israel is by far the strongest regional power. There is no existential risk. Sure, but that doesn't doesn't that doesn't that prove my point, Joseph? That what their Israel, what the Israeli government is doing, works. It has meant the survival of Israel really against the odds. What I'm saying is the opposite. There is no existential security risk to Israel from any Arab nations for many years now. And, uh, but, but Joseph, Joseph, isn't that that, 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 that risk saying, doesn't exist? That risk doesn't exist because Israel wiped it out. I'll say one more thing. Yeah. In recent demonstrations against government corruption and against the nation-state law, mm-hmm. and that's exactly again a unique Israeli feature, which I find a little bit bizarre. You have always among the speakers former heads of the Secret Service, Shin Bet, former. Mm-hmm. Uh, national security advisors or a, a demonstration without one of these uh, what's called deep state figures is not a, a real demonstration roll and back on that Joseph because I think I just want to I want to make that point clear no I want to make the point that you're saying clear that you're saying at anti-government demonstrations at anti-corruption demonstrations at demonstrations of people who perhaps would support uh, improving the human rights given to Palestinians and Israeli Arabs that you have Shin Bet and other spies essentially former government actors supporting those protests. Yes, this I mean this Saturday night, the past Saturday night, today's Wednesday, this last Saturday night, there was a large tens of thousand demonstration in Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. This time was organized by the Arab Israeli community and one of the speakers was a former head of Shin Bet. And the government denounced this uh, uh, demonstration as a collusion of treasonous Jews and Arabs. But a former head of Shin Bet, the Secret Service, was one of the featured speakers. And what these speakers say week after week is that the existential danger to the Israeli state is government corruption, not neighboring Arab states. I... I, I I'm, I'm not sure that, okay, what I have to give here is a, maybe a little bit of, of the background. What is mm-hmm. happening in Israel should be described, the, the nation-state law is not only against the Arabs, it's against the regime of the state itself, because it's part of a process that is ongoing now, maybe since the assassination of Prime Minister Rabin in 1995 by an Orthodox Jew, the clear, declared uh, objective of Orthodox Jews in Israel is to establish in Israel a religious state, similar to what you'd call in uh, Islam a Sharia state. So they want to establish in Israel a state where there is no secular law, but the law of the land is halakha. The, that means the Bible and Talmud. And that means, for example, that you have bizarre situation in Israel that the state of Israel pays the salary and sponsors Jewish Orthodox rabbis who say loudly that Jewish secular people are traitors and they didn't deserve to be sanctioned in any possible way, including a bullet to the head. 
Can you imagine in Ireland that the government of Ireland will pay the salaries of Catholic clergy mm-hmm. who would preach on Sunday that the Irish people who don't go to mass are traitors and deserve all type of sanction, including a bullet to the head? Can you imagine something like that? Can you imagine the U.S., the U.S. government sponsoring any type of religious figure in the first place? And second, that religious figure says that he aims to topple the lawful government of, of the United States and establish instead uh, some kind of dictatorship under God. Mm-hmm. A theocratic state, I think you're referring to. Yeah, theocracy. The Israel is too large right now. Though. For example, two weeks ago, Israel police arrested a conservative Jewish rabbi by complaint of the Orthodox Jewish rabbi of Haifa. Because the Orthodox Jewish rabbi told the police that it's illegal for the conservative Jewish rabbi to perform weddings. So after he was... Police came to his home early in the morning, knocked on the door, took him from home and detained him for interrogation. Can you imagine anything like that happening in France, UK, Ireland, US, Germany, Belgium, Netherlands? Can you imagine it at all? No, Can I imagine- can't. Not, not in this century, I can't. Uh, I can't, Joseph. But one final question that I want to ask you. Clearly, you're an Israeli who has a lot of concern for the future of your country, how, you know, you want it to be a fully functioning democracy. And that's extremely difficult given the external threat that Israel is facing. How can Israel move forward from the situation that it's in? Isn't Israel sort of in a trap at the moment that if it doesn't enforce its external foreign policy and the occupation to the extent that it does, then it runs the risk of being of being overrun, that the Jews would essentially be driven into the Mediterranean? No, that's a total ludicrous notion. I'll give you uh, just two examples. Okay, yesterday there was a latest incident. U.S. journalist, who happens to be Jewish, Peter Bainberg, 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 was detained when he came to Israel to participate in some family celebration for his niece or something like that. Mm -hmm. Why? Because his political views are not to the liking of the Israeli Secret Service. Okay, there have been a series of incidents like that in recent weeks. It's a new policy of uh, the current government and the current regime in Israel to harass Jews who come to Israel and whose political opinions are not uh, the right ones. Ron Lauder, for example, a U.S. Jewish figure, former president of the World Jewish Congress, published in the New York Times over the last couple of months, two, the two opinion articles, the last of them I think was yesterday or day before yesterday, denouncing the state of Israel and saying that the bond between American Jews and Israel will not survive what is happening now in Israel. That if Israel continues the settlement policy in the West Bank, uh, which means there is no two-state solution ever to be to, to come true, mm-hmm. then that Israel will become something that, that American Jews will not be able to identify at all. They, last week, I believe it was, 
Dame Vivian Duffield, a, a prominent philanthropist from the UK and one who contributed a lot of money in Israel to various uh, charities. You can you have like the biggest park in Jerusalem, the Charles Glor Park after her father, the biggest park in Tel Aviv is the Charles Glor Park after her father. Mm-hmm. And she wrote that her Israel is dead. Uh, what I'm saying is the whole notion of security here is, is just uh, some kind of a ruse or a guise. The real issue is the intent of Orthodox Jews in Israel to establish a fully, full theocracy where Arabs will be uh, delegated to some sub, sub-citizenship uh, uh, legal status. And that is their open and diligent uh, position for years now. Dr. Joseph Zernick, writer, researcher and human rights activist based in Tel Aviv in Israel. Thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. If you like the Challenging Opinions podcast, please rate and review the show on iTunes and other podcast providers. Share it on Facebook and Twitter. Tell your friends. But most important, make your view heard. Email podcast at challengingopinions.com. Go to the website for sources and links to what we were talking about. And while you're there, please like the show on Facebook, follow at ChallengingO on Twitter, and follow Joseph Zernick at Joseph underscore Zernick. And get in touch with me if you can suggest a guest or topic for a future show. Also, you can find out how to subscribe to the podcast for free on your computer, on your phone, or by email. It's all at www.challengingopinions.com. And I now have a Patreon account. Thanks to the people who signed up as patrons so far. I really appreciate that. It means that I can devote more time to research and finding interesting guests. And I'd really appreciate it if you could do the same as them. You'll find all the details on the website. Coming up next Monday, that's September 3rd, I'll be talking to Dave Lefcourt about his memories of the 1960s counterculture. The Challenging Opinions podcast is produced and presented by me, William Campbell. Thank you for listening.